Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Hey, if you're new to our community, my name is Crystal Sparks, and uh, my husband and I are the co-pastors here at the Church Roy City, and we believe that we aren't, one of us aren't just called to lead the church by ourselves, but we are called to lead it together. And so a few times a year, about 10 times a year, um, I get the opportunity to share the word with you, and so I'm so honored to be able to speak with you this morning. Um, All the ladies in the house, I got to tell you, I am so excited about sisterhood coming up on November 17th. Y'all, I, I just cannot tell you, it is amazing what happened last year when we had sisterhood. And I want to tell you, this year is going to be even better. We've been working on the details for you. I'm so excited for it. Um, just to, if you're new to our community, just to explain what sisterhood is. Um, sisterhood is our women's ministry here at the church. And it is our time to come together as sisters in Christ and just to have fun. And I believe that women's ministry should be fun. Amen. And uh, I like to come together and have fun. We have two events typically a year. Um, One event that we have in the spring is usually just for our ladies to come together. But our fall event is for us to call in all the women from the area and just for us to come together as sisters and just to worship Jesus, hear an inspiring word. We dance, we have fun, we have great food. And you know, if it's women involved, we got to have photo booths. Come on, Uh, plenty of photo op opportunities. Um, Last year, we saw over 500 women come for our first one. And uh, this year, we're expecting 750 ladies to come. We have women flying in from out of state to come for sisterhood this year. And I will say this, it will not be the same if you're not there. And so do me a favor, invite some girlfriends, November 17th, tell your husband, you got the kids. And all the single ladies are like, I have nobody to answer to. I can just go. And I want you to come and let's just have a good time. This isn't a church RC thing. This is sisters in Christ kind of thing. And so bring women in and let's have a great time together. If you haven't reserved your spot yet, you want to text the keyword sisterhood to 33733. Sisterhood to 33733. We saw just in the first day over 200 women register. Is that not amazing? And so uh, the event is totally free but our spots are limited. So you want to be sure, secure your spot for you and a girlfriend and your neighbor and your coworker and everybody. Amen. So, hey, I'm excited to bring the second part of our You Are the One series. And I really believe that I've got a word that's going to inspire you, going to change your life. We're going to be, uh, let's put up our theme verse, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it says this, but you are the ones, say, I am the one. Tap somebody around you, say, hey, you're the one. You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. That's where we're going to be camping out today, the night and day difference he made to you. Uh, Let's flip over to Isaiah chapter 60. We're going to read verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified, as is my custom. I love the Amplified Bible. And it says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. 
For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all the peoples. But the Lord shall rise upon you. Upon who? You, O Jerusalem. And his glory shall be seen in you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about you and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried and nursed in your arms. And let's turn over to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to pick it up in verse 14 through 16. You get your Bible read in today at church. It's good. It says, you are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking to his people. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Can I pray with you today as we begin this message? Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. And God, we're just here to declare that God, we, this is a God appointed word at a God appointed time. Father, I speak to every ear, let it be open. Let every heart be softened for the seed of the word of God. Father, I declare in this house that every life will be changed, that no one will leave the same in Jesus name. And everybody who believed it said, amen. amen. Um, I'm afraid of the dark. Like I'm a lot afraid of the dark. I've tried to get over it. I know at the age of 25, you would think I'd be over this, but I'm not. I'm so not. In fact, in, in studying for this message, I was researching, like, when do most children get over their fear of the dark? And apparently you're supposed to get over it at the age of nine. Um, I haven't gotten there yet, so <laughs> I'm still afraid of the dark. Um, I, I will say that this is not a new problem for me. This is something that's been going on for a long time. Um, my sister, whose name is Emma, she was younger than me, and we would always sleep in the same bed together, and uh, she was younger than me. Actually, she's passed me up now. I'm still 25. She keeps getting older. Some of you caught that. Anyways... And so we would sleep in the same bed together growing up. And I was petrified of the dark. In fact, our room that we shared had the washer and the dryer in it. And looking back now, I think it was more like a laundry room than it was a bedroom. But I felt like it was my bedroom. And uh, so I would have my sister sleep with me. And I was so afraid of like the boogeyman coming in in the night. So I just would wait for my sister to fall asleep. And then I would take the blankets off of her and I would expose her because I thought, well, if the boogeyman comes in, he'll take her as a sacrifice and he'll leave me and, and then I'll be spared. So when I would wake up in the morning and see that she was still there, I would know, okay, the boogeyman didn't come last night. Everything's okay. Cause he would have taken Emma as a sacrifice. Um, and so then going on, you know, now here I am older and I'm still afraid of the dark. We just moved um, out into the country and y'all is dark out in the country. If y'all didn't know that all you city folk living in the big metropolis of Roy city, um, it gets dark at night. In fact, it's so dark when I go out to run in the mornings, like you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And y'all, you can hear coyotes. You can hear like troops of pigs, herds of pigs. What are they called? Flocks of pigs. You can hear them like wild hogs and they're like snorting and scratching. And then you can hear dogs. And you know how dog makes that scary noise before he's about to kill you and eat you? 
and you don't know if there's a fence between you and the dog. And so I'm out running and I'm trying to be brave, but my heart is like pounding because I'm so afraid of the dark because when I run, it's still dark out. And so this fear has gone on even now. Um, our office for the church is out in the middle of nowhere. And so when we leave the office at nine o'clock at night, um, I'm going out to my car. And the other day, y'all, I was so afraid going out there. I was like, okay, Crystal, just be brave. Like there's not an ax murder out there. Everything's going to be fine. And so like I prayed, I got myself pumped up and I went out the door and my heart's pounding and I'm trying to carry myself to my car. Well, accidentally I set off my alarm and the alarm on my car is going off and I'm freaking out, throw everything everywhere. I'm like, this is it. He's here to get me. No, it's just myself. And so anybody else afraid of the dark? Isn't it amazing how good we need to have a community group. We'll all come together. We'll meet during the day and we'll meet in dark rooms to try to get over our fear. But the funny thing is you would think that like getting older, like this fear would go away, but even it gets worse because when you're a mom, there is nothing more scary than when your child comes and stands beside your bed at 3 a.m. I mean, the cutest kid that would get hundreds of likes on Facebook, ain't nobody thinks that cute at three o'clock in the morning, right? Or how about when you walk in and you're like in the house and you shut out all the lights, you're about to go to bed and you hear a door creak and you're like, like, is this somebody here? And your heart starts pounding. But here's the thing is I think a lot of times when I thought about the scripture and the Lord just kept telling me to tell you guys today, you are the light. You are the light. You are the one to shine his light. And I kept coming back to Isaiah chapter 60. And here I want you to get the word darkness here because it says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all the people but the Lord shall rise upon you. And the word darkness here, I want to give you what the original translation for darkness means. Because I think we think of darkness like the lights are going to go out in the world, right? But what it's talking about here, the word darkness means this, uncertainty, confusion, and fear. And if we'll just all just be real honest as Americans, as people living in this modern day society that we find ourselves in, that every single morning when we open up our phones, it's like another awful thing has happened in the news. I'm so sick of reading about lives being lost when I wake up every morning. And we would almost find that the whole propaganda of our media and the things that is fighting to get into our heart is confusion is fear. And, and we find this creeping on us. And then with the events that happened um, this last Sunday, I'll say that I'm not one driven by fear, but you know, after so many things happening, it's almost in the back of your mind that maybe we're living in a different time now. And, and this confusion and this fear, see, let me just tell you that the enemy will always try to use fear to take away what is rightfully yours. And the enemy uses fear. His main propaganda is this. He knows that you as a child of God has, have access to everything that God is. The only way he can take it away from you is by getting you to begin to live in fear. And we'll see that all the things that are happening in our world and our surroundings has got us into this place where we're almost fearful. But I'll just tell you this, that we do not have a darkness problem in the earth right now. We have a light problem. We have a light problem. And while everybody else is posting about the darkness and everybody else is talking about the darkness. Now, let me just tell you this. Have you ever walked into a dark room in your house and said, oh man, it's really dark in here. You know what we need to do? Maybe we need to cut open some holes in the walls. Maybe we need to change the curtains. Maybe we need to get different furniture so that way it'll be no more bright. No. When you walk into a dark room in your house, what do you do? You turn on the light. 
Why are we trying to change everything else to bring light? The Bible says you are the light. So if there's a darkness problem in the earth, then the problem is that God's people aren't shining in in his light. He's called you to arise, shine, for your light has come. Now, let me just say, this is a past tense kind of thing. This isn't one day God will bring light. This isn't with a new government, God will bring light. With a new job, God will bring light. With a new political system, God will bring light. No, his light has come. So if we're sensing darkness in our world, the problem is not the darkness in the world. We don't need to cut holes in the walls and change the tapestry. We need to reach for the light switch and do what? Turn on the light. And here's the thing is that you are the light. And I think a lot of us are waiting for God to do something and God's waiting for us to stand up and shine. God's waiting for his people to realize that you are the solution that the world is waiting for. Now think about this. I'm gonna piece together some scripture for you. Genesis chapter one, verse three. And God looked over the darkness and said, let there be light. God's solution for darkness is his people to stand up and to begin to shine. Then we think about Isaiah chapter 60, verse one. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And then Jesus almost echoing, isn't it interesting how it all kind of comes together? Jesus in Matthew chapter five, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now a city set on a hill cannot be hidden unless they do what? Turn out the light. If they get focused on the darkness, And right now there's people who are looking for some sense of hope. There are people that aren't looking for what the problem is. They're looking for somebody to tell them that there is a God who still loves, a God who still saves, a God who's still in control, a God who's still able to protect us, a God whose favor is for us for today. And you know what's happened is a lot of Christians, we're just hiding and we're not shining the light. We're so problem focused. Come on. And God's saying, you are the light. What does this word light mean here? I want you to write this down. It's God's favor, his goodness, justice, righteousness, good fortune, and guidance. How many of you could use a little bit more of that in your life? That's good, right? So he's saying that your light has come. So you already have all the goodness, all of the justice, all of the good fortune and guidance you need, the only thing that's gonna separate you from having it or not having it is this, arise. You've gotta choose to turn it on. You've gotta choose as you for this day, whose report are you gonna believe? Are you gonna believe the report of the media that everything's getting worse? Are you gonna believe the report of the Lord? that we're gonna arise and shine. We're gonna show God's love like never before. We're gonna show God's grace like never before. We're gonna show God's mercy like never before. We're gonna show that God loves all people, no matter what your race is, no matter what your political view is, no matter what your background is. Come on, this isn't a homosexual light. This isn't an American white. This is a God kind of light that's for all people, all men. And it's time that the church begins to stand up and say, we are that light. And I'm going to stop saying, I'm going to wait for somebody else to be the answer. And I'm going to be the answer to my community. I'm going to be the answer. I'm going to love every person that comes in my path. I'm going to love every person in my neighborhood. I'm going to live love loud. Why? Because in doing that, I'm spreading God's light. And that is what you are. You are a light carrier. You have all the light you need. The question is, are you using it? Somebody getting something good out of this? 
the, how do we make our light brighter? It's this. God's word, the, John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt on men. In him was the light of all men. So the light is the word and Jesus is the word. So the more of the word I put in my heart, the brighter I'm gonna shine for my world. The problem is we, we don't know the word. We can quote the media report. We can quote how many people were killed last weekend. We can quote everything else, but we don't know what the word says. If you want your light to shine bright, God's word cannot be optional. Hear me, dear ones. You need to know what God's word says about your circumstance. So I'm going to give you a few practical things. Say you love me. Give me all the love. Amen. Verse one, I'm sorry, point number one is we need to turn on the light. You need to turn on the light. My son, whenever he goes to bed, he's a little bit fearful of the dark, and um, he always wants a nightlight. Any of your kids sleep with a nightlight? Any of you adults sleep with a nightlight? Amen. <laughs> and the thing about a nightlight that's interesting, when I was praying about what to say to you, I felt the Lord just tell me to tell you that a lot of his people are satisfied with nightlight Christianity. Because a nightlight makes you have enough light that you feel comfortable, but not enough that you can live in. If your whole house was lit by nightlights, you would never be able to cook, clean, or do anything else. But you would feel comfortable. And a lot of us get just enough of God to make ourselves feel comfortable. Just enough that our conscience is kind of quieted, but not enough to really live by. Not enough to make a difference in anybody else's life. See, you need to begin to turn on your light. Isaiah 60, verse 1, arise, shine. In other words, you cannot do this from a comfortable place. You're going to have to get yourself a little uncomfortable. I was talking with Sean and he's on our ushers team. And today he was preaching my message to me. And he said, honestly, Crystal, being on dream team and talking to people is not the most comfortable thing for me. But he said, I know this, that God doesn't really care about me being comfortable. And I thought, man, Sean, you're preaching my message. And, and what he was saying is, I know that my light's not effective if I just have it on a low burn. I know my light's the most effective when I'm the most uncomfortable is when God begins to show up. God's not concerned with your comfort. Well, Crystal, I'm not an outgoing person to begin to talk to strangers and all of that. Let me just tell you, God's not interested in your comfort. And when you begin to step out outside yourself, that's when God begins to show up and do what only he can do. I love this scripture in Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now I want you to think about the distinction. The lamp turns into a light. He said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lamp is personal. So in other words, the brightness of my personal lamp is gonna determine the brightness of my light to others. And when my lamp is bright, my light shines brighter. We were shopping one time. Um, it's my first ministry at North Park, amen. And uh, I was shopping with Nancy, and we were going through, and we are just laughing, having a good time like friends do. And we had this lady come up to us with tears in her eyes, and she said, I just want to know what's so different about you. Why are you so happy? Why are you guys so excited? Why are, like, what's so different about you? And I want to ask you, when's the last time somebody asked you what's different about you? How bright is your light? 
Because the brightness of your light is directly correlated to the brightness of your lamp. You cannot not spend time in prayer and not in God's word. Will you still be saved? Yes, absolutely. But you're not going to be a light to other people. When your secret conversation at home sounds the same as everybody else's, when your complaining around the water cooler sounds the same as everybody else's, your lamp isn't shining into a light. But the more God's word gets in you, the brighter your light begins to shine to others. Amen. The Bible says that they will come to the brightness of our light. I love this in verse four of Isaiah 60. It says, lift up your eyes round about you and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to you. They come to you. This is a light that's for other people. I love this in Matthew chapter five. Let me flip back over there real quick. In verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men. And then it goes to the end. It says that they may honor, recognize, praise, and glorify your father who is in heaven. It's not our father because in the moment that they see your light, they're not a believer. It's your father. How are we going to see the lost saved? How are we going to see the moral condition of our country change? When we arise, shine, for our light has come. But you've got to make a choice to turn it on. You're going to reach people in your daily life that I'll never see. Your coworkers, I may never meet. The people in your neighborhood, I may never come in contact with. But you know what? When you begin to shine your light, you'll begin to see a difference. I know we hear this all the time, but if we begin to hear it and live it like it was real, you're the only Bible that some people may ever read. And in reading your life, does it make them hunger and thirst for what you have? Turn on your light. The next thing I want you to put down is to keep it on. Now that you've turned it on, you've got to keep it on. How many of you guys know that we have, we as Americans are funny because are so excess of stuff, that we have more stuff than we can use. That's why we have fancy dishes and we have everyday dishes. Come on. We have jewelry that we wear on special occasions, and we have our everyday jewelry. We have the things that are like special, set aside for special events, and then everything else. But this kind of light that God's calling us to isn't a light that we just reserve for special occasions. It's not a light that we turn on when we go on a missions trip. It's not a light that we turn on when it's a, it's a church day and I'm around other believers. No, this is a light that's to be used all the time. Do you guys remember as kids, whenever your parents would get on to you, what would they tell you? Every light in the house is on, right? This sounds like a country song, right? Anybody else want to sing it right now? You just can in your heart. You're singing it. I see you. They would tell you, turn off the lights. And it's almost like that's programmed into our brain that there's times where we shine bright for Jesus. When we go to summer camp, when we're on a missions trip, when we go to church, we're like, amen, praise the Lord. We have our shirts that say pray and slay. I don't even know what that means. But then every other time we got to turn it off. And this isn't a light that we conserve for special events. God wants us to shine bright for him all the time. And this isn't a light that is distinguished by your bumper sticker on your car or your t-shirt or your cross earrings and your cross necklace. No, this is a light that makes people want what you have. I remember I was working at Sonic one time and this lady, she got her order wrong and she was really aggressive about her tater tots and she was so angry and she began to cuss me up one side and down the other. And you know what? She had the Christian bumper sticker her bedazzled cross t-shirt, her big old cross earrings, her Christian scripture bracelet, and she told me up one side and down the other. Now, did that make me want what she had? Let me just tell you, represent Jesus well. 
It's great if you wear the t-shirt. It's great if you have the bumper sticker, but are you living it? Are you living it? Are you talking bad about everybody else just like everybody else? Come on. In James, it says, how can we say that we love God and hate our brother? So our love for God is shown most on how we love others. You want to turn up your light? Begin to love people. Amen. Are you getting something good out of this? So how easy is it for people to turn out your light? Recently, we moved into our new house, and y'all, it's an 80s house. Y'all, anybody in here have an 80s house? They have more light switches than NASA, like in this house, for real. There's so many light switches, and there was these big floodlights that were right outside our house. Y'all, we hunted for days and days and days. We could not figure out how to turn this light switch off. We tried everything. We tried every switch. We couldn't figure it out. And the people who lived there before us were the ones who built it. So Brian calls the man, and he said, hey, listen, we've got this light. We can't figure out how to turn it off. And he goes, oh. Oh, it's in this room behind this thing, and there's the switch, and that'll turn it off. He goes, I know, it's probably confusing. And Brian's like, who would have thought? Like, there's the light hidden from everything. And in and, and praying for this message, the Lord just said, our light needs to be so hidden that only the builder knows where it is. That only God knows where it is. But here's the thing, is we have our light switch on Facebook. We have our light switch open to our mother-in-law. We have our light switch open to our coworkers. We have our light switch open to the news media. And we wonder why we're constantly having to turn it on. But the truth is, if we would hide our joy and hide everything that we need in God, nobody else can turn it off. And you need to begin to get to a place. How easy is it for your light to go out? How easy is it for you to lose your joy? How easy is it for you to lose your love for other people? Come on, somebody. We need to begin to go, God, you are our source of joy. You are our source of love. And God, I'm going to hide everything in you that nobody else is going to be able to make me feel any other way. Your light is your responsibility. Nobody else's job to keep your light on. And I'll just say this, and I'm going to say this a little harsh. You're as close to God as you want to be. Your light is as bright as you want to be. Just like if we would all be the dream size that we all wish we could be just by thinking it, come on, we would all be the perfect size. But it's what we do daily that determines our size. And it's what you're doing daily that's determining your brightness of your light. Come on. You're going to get as much out of community as you're willing to invest. You're going to get as much out of this church as you're willing to put in. Why? Because your light is your responsibility. The leadership team can't keep your light on. Sean in the back can't keep your light on. Our kids department can't keep your light on. Eventually you got to come to a place to say, you know what? I'm going to keep my light on. Think about this in Timothy. Um, I believe it's second Timothy. Uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, who's a pastor of a church. And he said, fan the flame within you that was given to you by the laying on of hands. Here, Timothy is a pastor of a church and Paul's writing to him, Timothy, your light's starting to not shine bright anymore. It's time for you to fan the flame. Think about this in Matthew chapter five. He says, nor do men put it under a peck measure. So in other words, there's gonna be some people in your life and your circumstances and in your world, their main objective, hear me, dear ones, is to turn out your light. But you have to decide, I'm gonna fan the flame. So when bitterness gets up, this is what you're going to do. You're going to fan the flame. That means I put my light switch out where everybody could find it. When you start to get critical and judgmental, I'm going to fan the flame. I'm going to move my light switch. I can't let these people be a controller of my joy. Hello. I had somebody say the other day, well, you just ruined my day. I thought, well, goodness, you gave me too much power. (laughs) Why'd you have your light switch out? 
You got to hide your switch. Number three, y'all still love me? Use the light. You have to decide to use the light. I love that the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 60, it says that nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. This is a light that begins to give you job promotions you didn't earn. This is a light that people begin to ask you for advice that's beyond your education background. This is a light where people of influence begins to come to you, where you have supernatural favor. The Bible says that Jesus increased with favor with God and with man. But right before that verse, it talks about him giving himself to the word. So the more I give myself to the word, the more favor I have with God and with man. So if Jesus could increase with favor with God and man, how much more could I increase with favor with God and man? See, the brighter your light becomes, the more people begin to come to you and say, I want what you have. I want to live the life. How do you raise your kids like this? Everybody else's kids are rebellious. Yours aren't. What are you doing different? Why is your marriage? But see, here's the thing is that most of us, feel like we just want to blend in like everybody else. And we don't feel dysfunctional as long as our marriage is just as messed up as our coworkers. And our kids are just as messed up as everybody else's. But God's called us to use our light. And the more we use it, the brighter it shines. The other day when we were leaving the office, it was so dark. And I was with Crystal Figueroa, who are creative and outreach director. And we were walking out and she goes, I can't even see anything. Like, this is scary. I'm, I might fall down. And I was like, girl, you've got light. And I pulled out my cell phone and turned on the flashlight. Amen for iPhones, right? And she goes, duh, I didn't even think about that. I said, yeah, we carry, like, we live life with a light all the time now. And I began to think about how for us, we can have the answer so close and still not get that it's our job to use it. I love that it says in the Bible, it says Matthew chapter five, it says, put it on a lampstand and the whole house will be filled with the light, which is echoing Isaiah chapter 60, verse four. It says that your sons and your daughters will come to your light. Let me, let me just speak to all the moms and dads in the house. If you're believing God for your children to serve the Lord, don't worry, just shine your light. The Bible promises us that if our light is on, our kids will come to the light. Don't worry about your kids. They're gonna serve the Lord. You just keep shining bright. You just keep your light on and you keep using your light. And before you know it, your whole house will be filled with your light. That's what I love about Chevy and her testimony. And what I love is when she first started coming to church, her kids weren't in church. Drew wasn't in church. But as she turned her light on, she put it on a lampstand. And then before she knew it, her entire family began to serve the Lord. Mom and dad, don't worry about it. You know, the best thing that your kids can see from you is you passionately in love with Jesus. For them to wake up in the morning and come out in the living room and see you holding the written word of God, come on. For them to see you praising God and worship lost in prayer, for them to see you believing the best in them, loving them, being a listening ear for them. When you're doing that, you're letting your light shine in your house. And don't worry, they'll all serve the Lord. You got to use your light. You know, I've been serving the Lord for 17 years now, and I've had the privilege of leading so many people to Christ over the years. I've preached in Australia, I've preached in Canada, literally all over the world. I've preached to people where there's tons in the audience, hundreds of people there, and then watched so many people give their life to Christ. 
But you know, the hardest place for me to shine my light sometimes was in my own home. I was first generation Christian and my grandfather was an alcoholic and he was the person I was the most afraid to shine in front of. He knew my profession. He knew I was a pastor by trade, but I never, ever one time shared the gospel. Here I was preaching to hundreds of people, but yet terrified to talk to him. And he was 81 and he was in the hospital. He was really sick. And the doctors had brought in the family and said, it's not going to be long. He's about to go for his final hours. And they brought the family in. And I knew, I was like, if I'm ever going to shine my light right now is the time. Like, this is, this is my last opportunity. And I'll never forget, I looked at him and I said, Papa Jim, you know what they're saying about you, right? He said, yeah, I do. I said, I've got to ask you this one question. Have you ever made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? And his eyes flooded with tears and he looked at me and he said this, I thought you'd never ask. His words are what resound in the back of my mind when I'm reaching out to a checker in a grocery store, when I'm giving money to a homeless person, when I'm loving the unlovely, when I'm out and about and the Lord grips my heart and I know I'm supposed to pray with somebody, the thought in the back of my mind is they're saying, I thought you'd never ask. I led him to Jesus that day. And Papa didn't die. I think the power of God came on the inside of him. He lived another few years. And uh, it's amazing the change that happened. And I got to be there in those final moments when he exited this earth and a smile was on his face. And I know he's with Jesus, but he's there because I let my light so shine. And let me tell you, there's coworkers, there's people who go to work with you every day. And you know what they're saying is, I thought you'd never ask. Yes, they see your Facebook post. Yes, they see that you're a believer, but they want to know, does this God love somebody like me? And it's when you begin to talk to them, come on, begin to go instead of just rushing in our house and shutting our garage like we're afraid of our neighbors that they got the plague. Begin to go talk to them. You hear their fights every night. You see how they're messed up and how they don't have it together. Begin to go love them because in the back of their mind, They're saying, I thought you'd never ask. Let's be a people that shine. Let's be the kind of people that say, God, we will be your hands. We will be your feet, not just when it's comfortable, but God, I thank you. I'm just gonna pray for you right now. God, I thank you every person in this place. Lord, we say, here we are, send us. God, I declare over the hearts and the lives of every person, arise, shine, for your light has come. God, I thank you. Your word says that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So, Father, right now you have 600 lights in this place. You have 600 people that say, yes, we will shine for you. We'll shine wherever you call us. We'll do whatever you called us to do. God, if it's loving somebody, if it's giving them a drink, if it's pulling over and and praying for them, maybe it's just showing love in our workplace. God, whatever you ask us to do, we will do it. God, right now, every person, I just declare over them that they're going to turn on their light. We're going to keep it on. We're not going to waver when we hear bad reports. We're not going to waver at what other people tell us. God, we're going to cling to what your word says. And God, I thank you, every person, we're going to begin to use your light. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak to every heart. What does this word mean for them? For some of them, it's sending a text to say, I'm sorry. For some of them, it's going to work with a different attitude. For some of them, it's going to be waking up about five minutes earlier to spend time with you. 
For some of them, their cars are gonna turn into places where they listen to worship music and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. For some of them, it's gonna be mending on a strange relationship. But for every one of us, the call is this, for us to arise and to shine. Jesus, we love you. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.